I was completely overwhelmed. And my mother was like, okay, I'm going home now. You've got this. And I was an only child. And I was looking at her like, you have got to be kidding me. You are gonna leave me here with all of these people. <laughs> and it felt like all of these people. And she said, no, you, you can do it. God wouldn't have given both of these beautiful blessings to you if you couldn't figure it out. But if I don't leave, you're not gonna figure it out. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this oh, special it. edition of the Strongcast <laughs> with your host, Armstrong Williams. You know, sometimes, um, you know, obviously, we, I just want to tell you, we're talking about Mother's Day, and of course, I lost my mother two years ago. Uh, but I, I, sometimes I just think, when I talk to other people, I just had not only the best relationship with my mother, because I never talked back to her, I learned from my older siblings of the do's and don'ts of being a child and what you should negotiate and what is non-negotiable. And, and you know, it's the interesting thing about it is this. If you're very close to your mother and a very healthy relationship, it automatically means you're gonna be very close to your sisters. It's very interesting, you know? It's a strange thing, but you know what? I'm no expert, but guess what? I'm smart enough to know how to invite the experts <laughs> to celebrate Mother's Day, okay? And so I have, I have an all-star lineup, a Mother's Day. You're all-stars because you're mothers. Angela, Lindsay, and Dee Dee. And you've seen them various, uh, various, um, on various programs that we've had over the years. You know, I, I want to do something a little um, different today because you're, Children are 15 and... 19. 19. And yours... My son is four months. Four months old. <laughs> and yours is 17 and 11? Yes. 17 and 11. How did you eventually, Angela, I'm going to start from you, separate being the parent that you needed to be instead of trying to be the parent that your parents were or what you read in a book? Well, I'll tell you, that... That happened almost immediately for me when my son was born. Um, I was completely overwhelmed. And my mother was like, okay, I'm going home now. You've got this. And I was an only child. And I was looking at her like, you have got to be kidding me. You are going to leave me here with all of these people. <laughs> <laughs> and it felt like all of these people. And she said, no, you, you can do it. And I was like, I can't manage all of these people. By the time I get my daughter who was older, or who is older, in the car seat, then the baby is going to have a wet diaper. Like, mm. how am I even going to get to the grocery store? <laughs> and she said, God wouldn't have given both of these beautiful blessings to you if you couldn't figure it out. But if I don't leave, you're not going to figure it out. And so at that moment, in terms of, how she was able to raise me parted with how I had to raise two kids because I had to be able to pour into both of them equally and figure out how to manage all of those people. And it became easier and easier as I was able to understand that they were very completely different people who had different needs and needed my love to be shown on them in different ways.
And that's how I got forced. I got thrown into the water. That's how. <laughs> so, so Nene, um, there are there are moments that you will remember with your raising your 17-year-old and 11-year-old when you knew that this is going to impact this child's character for the rest of their life. Or I need to be careful about this because I do not want my child to take this away from the household because I always must be the best example because I cannot always be perfect. I must allow my child to know that I am perfect and I do make mistakes, but I also must remind them that I'm still the parent. You know, 17 years may seem to go by real quick, but I'm sure you and Angela will agree. It's not as fast as people think it is. Those are some very long days and so moments and memories that really when you realize you began to see the character in your child mm -hmm. and the things that would impact them for the rest of their lives. It does go by slow, but it does go by fast too. It really does. I, I, I look at Dorian and I'm like, he is 17. We have one more year of high school and then he's going off to college. And I'm like, oh my goodness, where did the time go? I remember um, I was at a speaking engagement and, and, and he was just born. And as I was introducing or telling people about my son, I said, I have the best thing since pockets. He is the best thing since pockets. And, and seeing him grow up to be this, he's this young man. And, and I have seen him go through things where now I'm like, you know what? And that was a mistake, Dorian. And he's like, Mom, I know. And he's like, but I, I got it. I, I can handle it. Because in his response to me, he sent me a text message after the situation happened. He said, Mom, I know how to handle this because of the things that you've told me and the things that you and that I've seen and heard from you and Nana and Aunt Zuzu. I got it. I can handle this, Mom. And when those in those situations, you're like, I sat in my car and I almost cried. I was like, Lord, he got it. He, he has it. And, and so for my children, I want them to, I want to be able to give them what my mom, my, my dad gave me. And, and one thing, and having that relationship with the Lord and being able to lean on that relationship with the Lord, um, having now they have phones so that they don't use a real Bible. Um, it's on their Bible app. But knowing <coughs> that he's able to go to his scripture or read his Bible. And, and just now, my 11-year-old, we just finished our first Bible reading together. I was so astonished because she actually reminded me, Mom, did you, you didn't, I can see that you haven't read your Bible reading today because it tells you on your Bible app that you haven't read. And so I, it, it goes by fast, but it goes by slow. And you have to, and telling Lindsay, her baby is small, to enjoy every single moment, to savor every single moment because they are so precious and they do go by fast. So, so Lindsay, um, talk, talk about um, your, 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 your child is four months old. Before the child, um, you spent a lot of time with your husband. Yeah. Uh, it was all about your husband. Yeah. But we hear many women and men say that once the child is born, it's all about the child. And the real relationship with the husband is put on hold. I know you're new into this, but and maybe you can get some advice from Angela and Didi. I definitely need how advice. The balance <laughs> is, how, how is that? How do you handle that? Well, and how long were you married before having kids? Well, my husband and I were high school sweethearts, so we've wow. been together for 15 years. Okay. So it's been us for a long time. Um, however, 
I feel as though when our son came along, I see a totally different man. Mm -hmm. um, there's something about having a son that unlocks something in a man that no one, no woman, no mom, nobody could do. And so um, for me, I enjoy watching him be a father. I enjoy watching him be vulnerable and watching him love in a way that he couldn't love me, but I get that from God. Mm -hmm. So I just, I enjoy that piece. In terms of our marriage, we're learning the adjustment. I definitely think that I need to surround myself around wise counsel of women who are already married like Dee Dee and Angela, because I, I can't answer that question yet. Um, uh, every single day we're learning as parents, but in terms of our marriage, we, we worship together, we pray together, we still have yet to have our one-on-one -on -one date night. Our date nights have been with our sons, so we need <laughs> some time. But um, I, I, that, that, that's a good question. Um, but I do enjoy him, watching him be a father, and it's made me love him even more mm -hmm. as my husband. So Angela, what wisdom can you share with her about the husband and the spouse part and giving them attention, even though it can't be the same? Yeah, you know, well, we, when, when our kids were born, we just kind of focused all of our energy on them. Mm -hmm. And we ended up being empty nesters four years before we thought we would be. And so I'm in the season, <clears throat> the beginning of that season. And it's been tough. It really has, because when they both left Wait a minute. the house. Excuse me, sir, do you see we're live here? Thank you. Right, continue. When they, when they both left the house, because we had been so immersed in their lives, we both had to go back and say, okay, what's even our own purpose? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then outside of what's our own purpose, oh yeah, what is our real relationship now? Mm -hmm. Now that we're not talking about them every single day. Mm -hmm. And so we're getting there mm -hmm. um, in terms of being able to just enjoy the silence between us mm -hmm. and enjoy the time that we have and how to manage it. And But we still have them... We still have to. We have to still be concerned with their well-being, and they helicopter in on us. <laughs> but I think I don't think we did it perfectly. But the thing that I think allowed us to be able to go through the transition was our friendship. And so, no matter what, we've always been friends, mm -hmm. and we have dealt with changes as friends. And in that, you can say to your friend, I don't like you today. Right. <laughs> exactly. I love you, but I don't like you. Right. Right. Because of X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And then you step back and you look at it. and But I think it's the friendship and the love that allowed us to, allows has allowed us to be in this transition without not doing it perfectly. Right. Right. So, so you know, uh, something that you both said, um, I, I picked up on as we were coming to the studio, is that raising sons is so differently different from raising daughters. It is. It's, it's just radical. Is it easier with boys? Is it more challenging? What, what is it, Dee Dee? I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that it is a little bit easier. It's been a little bit easier for me. Dorian was easygoing. I was telling him, when Dorian was born, my hair was to my shoulders. I got it cut, got a baseball cap. Come on, let's go. <laughs> With Daylin, it's a little bit different in that she she's a girl. She's I mean, she plays lacrosse or she's rough and tough like her mom. She can hang and everything. It's just that 
She's a girl, and so she, before we leave, she has to check everything. And now she's 11 going on 12, and now she's wearing her hair out. And so that takes time. And I find myself saying, okay, we've <laughs> got to get out the door. And, and Dorian, I can wake Dorian up 30 minutes before it's time to leave, and Dorian is ready to go. Showered, cologne, gone, he's good. Dalen, I gotta wake her up an hour and a half at least to get her moving. <laughs> so it, it's a little different. Boys are, are just a little bit <coughs> easier. Their emotions are easier. Boys are wired different than girls. They just are. And, and I love them both. They're wonderful. It's a joy being their mom. It's a joy loving them every day. It's a joy listening to them and getting a text message from them when they get home and what happened today. It's a joy just hearing all the small little details of every part of their day. I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. What, do you, what have you found um, of the things that could impact your child and their growing up in your parenting in a very negative way that could lead them down a path like the opioids, the alcohol, the suicide, that parents could have the warning signs, but how do you protect your child? Because listen, with the advent of social media and with right. television, there's so many things that are clawing for the soul of your child. How do you fight and how do you prepare? And you're gonna lose some of those battles, right? but you don't, doesn't mean you're gonna lose the war, but how do you prepare parents for that? I, when I was growing up, we had ABC, NBC, and CBS. We had 17 Magazine and the newspaper. That was it. Now you have, like you said, there's so much. I constantly tell my children, I am your mom, but I'm also your friend. And I'm going to always be your best friend. And you can come and talk to me, your dad, your aunt, your nana, about anything. This is your safe place. And I want them, and, and making sure they understand that when they come to talk to us, we're not judging them, we're there to listen. We're there to listen, to love them, and to respect them, and show them respect, and they're giving us respect. But making sure that they know that these things are out there, that there are going to be people who want to do harm to you, um, but that you need to always know that you have a family that loves you, and most importantly, you have the Lord. So no matter where you go, and I, and I just told Dale on this a couple of days ago, I was like, listen, even though you're, when you're in your room, you're by yourself, you're, really, you're, never, ever, you're never alone. You are never alone. She's like, but mom, sometimes I feel like I'm by myself. Baby girl, you're never alone. Even if I'm not there with you, the Lord is right there with you. If you ever need anything, you call his name and he will answer you without a shadow of a doubt. And I, can't, I instill that in my children. I, talk, I tell them that all the time. The same with Dorian. You, he's always there and, and, and that their relationship with the Lord is their relationship not my relationship, it's their relationship. And I'm making, trying to make sure that they understand that and giving them Bible scriptures, texting them Bible scriptures. I text Jordan this morning, the scripture was Romans 8, 28. Um, and so making sure that they know to read and to understand, if you don't understand it, ask. Ask me what that scripture means. Does it, you know, I have to tell you, when you read the stories um, from South Carolina about the college student who, got into the wrong vehicle mm. and was just murdered. You read the story a few days ago where someone tried to kidnap a four-year-old child. Mm -hmm. Girls are raped and mm -hmm. assaulted. Mm -hmm. I mean, sexual trafficking, mm -hmm. where they just go. You could be at the ticket kind of checking out and your daughter's walking around and you come back. You can you imagine what that feeling's like? I you can't. walk and your child, you left it in a stroller and you can, 
you can blink out for two minutes. Mm -hmm. You get so caught up in what's going on at the cash register mm -hmm. that you can just forget mm -hmm. about your kid. I mean, I read the story, and it's an incredible story, Lindsay. This woman got on an airplane. They were 10 minutes away from the departure, and she started screaming. She realized she left her child in the lobby area of the airport. She never got on the airport. Do you know what you go through before you take off? Mm. You you go through, they do the baggage check, mm -hmm. they do the countdown. You're on the airplane for at least 20, 30, 20 minutes. You ask yourself, how in God's name could you not have missed your child? Gosh. And you ask yourself, this is a frightening world for children. Mm -hmm. It is. It's a frightening world for children, but I think that it goes ah. with us being present, stopping, mm -hmm. taking a minute to breathe, mm -hmm. checking, you know, making sure we have everything that we need. We're so inundated with stuff. And do I have my bags? Do I have my keys? Do I have my makeup? Do I have my phone? But what's really important is do I have my family? Do I have my child? Do I have my peace? Mm -hmm. Do I have my joy? Do I have my love? Right. Do I have my abundance? Those are the fruits of the spirit that I need in my life so that I can be sustained. So the bags will come and go, but your child will always remain. I can't imagine what that woman is going I through. I can't. I empathize with her, but let's stop. But how could she not instinctively feel that her child was not, not being present? I, Angela, you would have known. I, I, it wouldn't have I, happened to you. I, well, well, let me say, uh -oh, I pray that that wouldn't have happened <laughs> right, to me. Right. One of the prayers that I pray daily mm -hmm. is that God will help me remain present and available. Mm -hmm. And that he will prompt me when my kids need me to call them. Right. Or if they're calling, I see it in the middle of a busy work day. But that he will allow me not to miss right. when they need me. Mm -hmm. So I pray for that grace every day. Mm -hmm. um, an example <coughs> of where I had to like really confront this head on was when my mother was dying. So my mother was dying and my daughter was trying to get into college. And it was like the best day and the worst day at the same time. And I had to, at that moment, deal with being present. So I was told, your mother has a couple of days to live. And I was told an hour later, your daughter is now admitted into West Point. And what was I supposed mm. to do with that? Mm. How was I supposed to be present in the joy of all that this child had mm. worked for and in my sorrow mm -hmm. of losing my mother? Right. Ah. And, you know, I look at the pain of that and the joy of it and what it's done for me now over the past two years is it's something else has awakened my brain. Mm -hmm about what presence means. Mm -hmm. And I just, I prayed, Lord, don't let me cheat my daughter of her joy in this moment while we're in this sorrowed place, but also somehow show us how to navigate the balance of, it's a time to weep and cry and it's a time to laugh. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just, all I can say is I think it's God's grace that yeah. is able to guide you through that. Yeah. but. I have to consciously ask to make sure I am present. Mm -hmm. In other words, yeah. you're a human, and to judge her, you just don't know the circumstances and what may have happened. You mm -hmm. know what else was going on mm -hmm. in our life to make right. her just forget. You know, it's so easy for us to sit on the sidelines and play quarterback what we would have done, and that could have never happened to us. But let me tell you, until you're in that situation, you right. just don't know. You should be careful who you still throw stones at. Mm -hmm. What is it that today? that is so different than when you were being raised by your parents for children, um, Dede? 
Like I said earlier, today they have all of the social media. When I was growing up, a punishment, and I have to make sure that I let people know, I don't do this to my children. <laughs> I do not do this to my children. You don't whip them. I don't whip them. <laughs> because honestly, honestly, it really wouldn't do much if I to whip them, really. My son is taller than me, and I tell Even him. When they were younger, you didn't whip them. No. Well, I did. <laughs> you did, okay. But when I was growing up, we there were two belts. There was one belt. My dad is an identical twin, and my uncle and my dad they had two belts. Um, a, a belt we called Blackie and a belt we called Snake Eyes. And my cousins and I, we knew if Snake Eyes or Blackie was coming out, the five girls, their children, we were gonna, somebody was getting in trouble. My great aunt um, in the South, we would have to go out and pick our own switch. Mm -hmm. Don't come back with a branch. You had to come back with the thinnest switch, and you would have to pick the leaves off that switch because you knew what that meant. Um, today, for my children, if discipline, I need all of your electronics, your cell phone, your iPad, your computer. Just stack them up and put them on the counter. That crushes them. <laughs> Because they don't have any. That's what they're on nowadays. And that's that, interesting. And that's not great because in terms of exercising and getting outside for fresh air, when I was growing up down in the south in Georgia, you were outside. When the streetlight came on, you knew that's the time to go home. Nowadays, you can drive through any neighborhood and you really don't see a lot of kids outside playing basketball or playing kickball or playing tag or my Dean and I we had a, a bicycle club where we would drive our bikes all around the neighborhood you know what I mean you know that there's that doesn't happen I'm not gonna say it's not happening in America it doesn't happen often as it should and as it was happening as I when I was growing up and also I think when I was growing up we felt safe kids today I don't think they really feel safe I mean even when we're out in the mall Dalen's like mom stay next to me you know what I mean? Um, we, we could leave our door, our window up, and wake up, and all, all the kids, everyone was still there. You know? You know we felt protected, and what, you don't feel that today. One of the things I want to do in, in the closing of this is, um, you know, how do you raise a family today where the children are not rebellious? They don't speak to you? I mean, you hear, hear the stories where kids go out and because they choose their boyfriends or their parents, and the parents don't like the boyfriends, they just say, "We'll kill them." You, you see it. You see it more often than you want to. Well, I mean, have a child to betray your own parent to some kid that you're not going to ever end up with, who's manipulating and using you in the first place. How do you get the children to always respect and honor you? Then you know the Bible tells us you raise a child in a way. So when they get, become older, they never stray from that. But it seems though you see all these dysfunctional homes today. For us, it was biblical principles. Mm -hmm. and they're the same, the same principles we were raised on. Mm -hmm. And there is a difference in the parent, the role of the parent, mm -hmm. and the role of the child. Yep. Um, I think that transparency and mutual respect mm -hmm. that the parent shows to the child as because a child is a person, is a human being. Right. They deserve a mutual respect back from the parent. The parent deserves the respect back from the child. Um, and so I really believe that keeping our kids in a community of people who played a role in parenting beyond us, so you've got the grandparents, the aunts, the extended family of friends mm -hmm. who share the same values, 
so that that community of values was their norm. Right. Um, and it created the picture of how it was supposed mm -hmm. to be. <clears throat> so that became their, their, their norm, their way of operating, their way of engaging, their way of communicating. And with all that, it's love. Mm -hmm. When your kids know you love them, they'll do anything in the world for you. Yeah. Yes. They will, and they will <laughs> respond to, you know, um, being disciplined because they know it's about the love. They know exactly. it's for their best interest. Mm -hmm. If they don't have that, they'll be robbed. I want to wish everyone Happy Mother's Day and give a shout out to the fathers that respect. Take yes. care of that. Yes. Yes.